according to their director of DEI in mental health, they've reduced short-term disability claims related to mental health by 20%, and they've reduced relapse and recurrence by more than 50%. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation, because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. Good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to We Are Only Human. I'm really glad to have you here with us today and looking forward to a fun discussion as always. I am excited to dive into mental health, well-being, and some of those things. We actually just finished a research project with the team over at LiveSpeak, trying to dive into this, understand not just what we think about it as employers, but what the actual workforce thinks about this and how they're approaching it and what their hopes are and how in some areas we're not quite meeting the needs they have. So hopefully today we're going to get into those things and more and really understand some of the places we're on the same page with the people that are working for us and how we see the world the same and some areas where there's a gap that we can hopefully close to serve them in a better way. And here to talk with me about that, I have Doug Berkowitz, who's the SEP of operations over LifeSpeak. We're going to dive into this and Doug, so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Before we get into the fun stuff, would you take a second and tell us a little more about who you are? What you do, please. Sure. As you said, the SVP of operations at LifeSpeak, that gives me the opportunity to talk to clients, to work with our account team that uh, works with the clients on a daily basis to understand their needs for our product, and then also take a look at some of the data behind the scenes and understand what are people watching? What are the topics that they want in in terms of our library of health and well-being? I am based out of Chicago and have a wife and three lovely daughters. Awesome. And you're telling me before I got on, you're the professional carrier in your family, right? You're always uh, yes, I'm, pack I'm the one that brings the bags. <laughs> yep. I, I share that responsibility as well, my friend. So we can commiserate on, <laughs> on that some other time for sure. One of the things that I've had fun doing in the last couple of months since we've gotten to know each other, kind of the LiveSpeak team really, is understanding how you serve because it's not just here's your content or it's not just we'll give you access to experts. It's a couple of different things that you do. So give me a quick bit on who LiveSpeak is, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, LifeSpeak's a platform for kind of mental health and total well-being education for companies, for organizations, just committed to taking caring to take care of their employees and, and customers. We've been around about 17 years. We have everything from all the well-being, the physical fitness, mental health, caregiving, relationships, et cetera, in our content, as well as that's the learning the mind part of it to some e-therapy around substance use disorder and caregiving help, especially in the States. And then also we have our e-fitness platform that folks can use at home or wherever to get the body so that the mind is. One of the things I really was excited about, honestly, I'm looking forward to this show because we've, we announced the research, we put it out there in the world and the response has been incredible. And one of the things that stuck out to me as I'm going through all this data is the fact that when we asked employers, hey, how are things going? They're like, we're, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to support people. We're trying to, to work hard on this and, and make improvements. But when we asked the workforce that same question, like, I'm not quite feeling it. 
So I'd love to hear from you. Why do you think that is? What what might be standing in the way between us and them? If we're here representing the employer audience, because that's the audience listening into this right now, what do you think might be standing in the way there? In the study, Lighthouse used the ABCD grading system. And so on a scale of one to 10, employees ranked mental health support a, a 4.4 on average. The average ranking employers gave was a 7.6. If you think about a 4.4, that's an F. And then 7.6 is about a C. So that's a pretty huge gap. And the fact that employers didn't even give themselves anything but average at best. From the why standpoint, why is this happening? I think there's three main things. There's communication. So many of the quotes in the study from employees talked about the lack of knowing what's available or just knowing that they they may know something is available, but not understanding what that something really is because they haven't been communicated much. And I know communication teams at companies, especially large companies, limit the number of uh, communications. But I think in this case, it's hurting folks. And uh, and that's something that's near and dear to us at LifeSpeak is that we've always married uh, our technology with communication services. So making sure that emails are coming out from the HR professional and we'll create those for them. Filling content newsletters because it's you can't just launch and and then forget it. And I think that's coming out in the study. I think the next thing would be stigma around mental health. It still persists. And interestingly, and this is something that that I got from the study is, especially in typical age groups that are more in the senior management area, one of the interesting stats was the study showed that workers ages 54 plus are the least comfortable talking about mental health at work, who likely holds a lot of the decision-making roles when it comes to budgets and benefits, probably employees in the 54 plus range. Not all, obviously, but a, a chunk. And this leads me to believe there's still change in attitudes at the top that needed to change. And I think the pandemic did help. And we had started to see a little bit before the pandemic, but I still think there's obviously more to go. The final thing is relevance. And this is my big bugaboo. Um, I I talk about it a lot. If the benefit isn't relevant to somebody, they're going to discount it. They're going to say it's not a value. So employees may, you know, feel providing live counseling is the best way to, to, I'm sorry, employers may feel providing live counseling is the best way to go. But if the employee is, is a bit nervous about that, has never talked to a clinician for the first time, that person's not ready for that live journey and they need something else. And so the counseling isn't going to have the value. And I think that came out a little bit in the, in the study too. You ask, how do we maybe solve for it? So yes, there's one silver bullet. No, there's not one silver bullet. <laughs> Push in, this button and it's all. Yes, or... there's one, the easy button. So in in my experience, we've, and, and this also showed, I think in the research, like you said, most companies are recognizing the benefits of supporting employees and supporting well-being, and they're taking it seriously, but, but they're not... <sighs> They haven't executed. I think the the research asked employees how their company could make mental health benefits more appealing and accessible. About 70, 71% said providing a service they could access at a convenient time and place. 68% said they need uh, a confidential and anonymous service. And uh, 51% said the ability to speak with a live person. That first one, (laughs) flexibility, I think is something we're hearing a lot in this great resignation period. Employees want flexibility. If they're not getting it, then that's causing uh, part of the migration. Um, 
And so I think organizations need to heed uh, the call or just heed the call for flexibility and confidentiality and reevaluate some of their mental health benefits to make sure they have things that, that can meet those needs. And maybe that's accessing education or, or some knowledge base that they can that the person can start with versus going straight to a clinician. Two, HR can't forget to continually communicate. You can't launch it and, and then expect everybody to come all the time, especially when they're at home right now, a lot of folks at least are at home. And finally, talk to employees to find out what's relevant. Employers need to be aware that employees aren't going to volunteer to tell them directly, especially in this area. And uh, so they just need to actively ask and make sure you're getting a representative group, not just all the extroverts, not just all the introverts, not one demographic, but, but everybody. I love that. Plus, you sort of answered one of the questions I was going to ask you as a follow-up to that, mm. because when you started off on the communications piece, the first thing that came to mind, I don't know if you thought about this, but the George Bernard Shaw quote, this is the, the biggest problem of communication is the illusion that has taken place. Right? We, th- uh, we think, oh, yeah. we've said it. So it's been communicated and saying it is not necessarily communicating it. And I've been guilty of that in my time in HR. And I, at one point I wore the communications hat too. And once I realized that, hey, just because we hit send, that didn't immediately translate into an action for them. I started to think differently about those sorts of things. And I love that you pointed out a couple of examples in there. We have a newsletter. We have emails. We have, right, we can have a, a virtual town hall. We can have all these kind of mechanisms, multi-channel to reach people to get that message through. They've got to hear it a couple of times probably to absorb it and understand it. But also in order to, we're trying to ask them to, to change behavior when you have some stress or you have this problem we're going to help you do something about that don't just stew in it and i know that's really hard to do right yeah absolutely absolutely it's salespeople can't usually just call once and get a yes you have to keep going and especially with the migration the great resignation right now what about all the new employees are you making sure that it's in their starting packages and that you're getting all of them yeah it's got to be continual so you've thrown out some stats already, which makes my heart thrilled, by the way, to have a fellow data nerd here with us. Love but it. was there something specific in the research that you said that was really surprising or intriguing to me that just stuck out beyond? Absolutely. There was a bunch. Let me pick some of my favorites. I, maybe the thing I was most surprised about was how big the disconnect is between employers and employees around the, the value of mental health support being given. I, I expected, I think, we all expected that employers probably would have a slightly more positive view of the resources they're offering to employees. That's pretty natural in the study. And this goes to I mean, some of the, the ROI behind well-being investments is it's around recruiting and retention and just how important it is to employees and recruits that mental health programs are available. About 50% of the employees said they had um, thought about leaving their job in the past 18 months because of mental health issues. That's not just in general, but that's because of mental health issues. And about 75% said they that having personalized kind of confidential mental health benefits would make them uh, more likely to stay in there. That's a big deal. So Half people might be looking to, to leave and you've got something that, that 75% of them said would help them stay. That's pretty amazing. Yes, that, that blew me away, honestly, to see that, that big of a, an opportunity, I'll say, for employers to, to yes. use this, to leverage this. Because we always think about, 
oh, we'll just, we'll just increase everybody's pay or we'll just, right? And the data show that those things have very short, a short time span of how long it actually impacts someone's feelings mm-hmm. for the company. And then it diminishes pretty quickly. But to say, I'm caring Absolutely. about you, right? I'm, Doug is able to, to get support when he's tired of carrying all the bags and he's just fatigued by all the things. He can get a live counselor to talk to and, and go through and, and get some support in that moment. Like, that is something that continues on. Also, the gift that keeps on giving, because that feels weird to say that. But it's this thing that you can continue to access as an employee. And it's not, oh, now I've talked to him twice, so I'm no, I'm, I've capped out. No, it's when you need those things, they're there for you. And if you'd rather have it in a self-serve, I want to get some videos. I want to get something else that's a little bit more private. You can even do that if you want. And you can go into the higher touch stuff as the moments require that. Well, and as, as an HR professional, there's the network effect here too. I think one and two employees said they'd be more likely to recommend the company to others looking for a job if mental health support benefits were offered. That hopefully will make it easier for, for an HR person to start recruiting and, and be a differentiator. But then also, it's not just money. It, it's something that helps the company with productivity, et cetera, down the line. So there's just a, there are a lot of benefits there. Yeah, so that was one of the things I, that's a good transition because I want to ask you about some of the things we saw in the study because in general, the employers and the employees were pretty in sync across the spectrum in terms of what those benefits are. Some, an employer said a little more often or some of the workforce said a little more often, but overall, the ranking was really close together and that surprised me, honestly. I expected there to be some vast differentiation between how we see it as employers and how the workforce actually responded to that, but they were actually pretty close. Yeah, after seeing the kind of disconnect on the grades, yes, you wouldn't expect this to be the same at all. But th- maybe that was just in and of itself a really surprising stat from this or, or outcome of this was just that they were the same. So you Lighthouse what talked to about a thousand workers mm-hmm. and, and a thousand employers, both groups ranked more product being more productive, performing better, more satisfied or engaged in the job less likely to leave a job. There was another, there was a question in there about making it, it was easier to recruit. That was what the employer said. And the employee, the kind of the, their side of it was that it would, they would recommend the job, as I mentioned, that was up there. And then fewer sick days, less absenteeism. There goes productivity. Our CFOs that are listening will be happy about that. Those were all the same. And the gaps in what was more important to the others weren't all that big. That's, and if you think about the variables, between those two groups surveyed and the number of people involved, that's really remarkable that they ranked them so closely. But then that is going to hopefully proves out just how important investing in mental health and well-being at the corporate level is. One of the things that excites me when I think about that, because until this exact moment, I haven't stopped to think about this. But for those of you listening to this, I'll get into the research nerdery for a second. (laughs) Yes, this is a thousand companies, but we actually split this audience a little bit. Some of these were HR professionals, Mm -hmm. practitioners that handle benefits and training and all the HR things. And some of them were actual business leaders outside of HR too. So those are included in that number, by the way. And they are saying, we think these benefits are there, but we always know there's a gap between, yes, I know I should be eating right and exercising, but I'm not actually doing those things. And this is the, the workplace version of that, where these leaders are saying, we know that there really are benefits to this. If we pay attention to this and support this, it's going to lead to good things for our people and for the company. But as we've seen, some of them are, are struggling to make that impact felt to the actual workforce themselves. And that's sometimes hard to do, partially, I think, because it's 
this can feel like really big and, and fuzzy when we start talking about how to make this actually work in a company. So I would love to hear if you have an example of an actual client that you've worked with. I just love to hear an example of what that impact looks like when a company says, we are not just going to say we believe this, but we're going to invest in this as a priority so that we can take care of our, our workforce. What does that look like? Yes, I've got to go on and I do need to keep it anonymous. But one of our longtime clients at LifeSpeak, it's a very large telecommunications company. They have over 50,000 employees. It's one of the big telecoms. They have a really, they've developed over the years, and this was way before the pandemic, a comprehensive approach to mental health support, reducing the stigma around mental health challenges, things of that nature. It includes a really wide range of support options to help employees at whatever stage of their mental health journey they may be at. As I mentioned before, some people are ready to talk to somebody, some people aren't. And in addition to mental health support benefits, they also have incorporated mental health training. So it's not just for those people that need to talk to somebody, but it's in general getting ready for when you may have when you may have the need. And the ongoing sessions that they have, they, they examine psychological factors that affect mental health and engagement in the workplace. These folks especially like something that we have at LifeSpeak called Ask the Expert. These are sessions between individuals uh, or between a, a group of individuals and experts and they're answering in real time. So normally we've got our videos that are pre-recorded that in four to seven minutes really get a bunch of information out around lots of different health and well-being topics, especially mental health. But these Ask the Expert sessions are a chance for the person to actually anonymously actually ask their question. Now we can't give specifics out to, we don't answer conditions, things like that, but it's really helpful. They connect the employees with these experts. The organization, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, what kind of experts are those, by the way? Oh, what does that so, categories um, look like? Yeah, they could be around depression. They can be around oh, okay. anxiety, caregiving, a lot of the diversity and equality, inclusiveness topics. We've had those as well all over the board. The organization, they the their combination of initiatives to improve mental health awareness, training and benefits. This is according to their director of DEI and mental health. They've reduced short-term disability claims related to mental health by 20%, and they've reduced relapse and recurrence by more than 50%. Now, this is data coming from them because we don't get that kind of claim data, but that's pretty amazing, and, and we're very proud to be a part of that. That's an incredible story, and I even hung up on that title, head of DEI yeah. and mental health, to bring those things together because... Again, there's neither of us are the experts on all of that research is out there on that, but there is a lot of data that show that the difficult the difficulty for someone who's diverse in task switching and trying to figure out how they're going to respond in a certain situation, I think those sorts of things can be overwhelming. And I was on an event last year where one of the speakers talked about how she faced those things daily, and it became hard to do the actual task in her job because of those things. So having someone that helps to look at both of those things holistically. I think that's really powerful. I've never heard of that before. So I think that's really unique and a kudos to that organization for Absolutely. having those kind of in, impacts, not just on the people. We're serving the people, we're taking care of them well, but by having them more productive, having them not taking time off, having them able to work and actually contribute well, they're getting the benefit of that organizationally too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to me, everything's a system. So everything obviously has 
push and pull on everything else. It's like mind and body. It's proven out that mental health is greatly affected by physical fitness. In this case, the feeling safe in an environment is going to improve mental health and productivity. Everything ends up being interrelated. It's, it's really cool. It really is. I mean, <laughs> isn't it? We're talking about all these things that feels like abstract, right? All the data, but these responses are people that represent the workforce across the country. So the people who responded to this are indicative of the people, any of you listening to my voice right now, the people in your organizations are represented by the people who responded to this. So the things we're talking about here, it's easy to say, yeah, but not here. Statistically, yes, this represents your workforce out there. So if someone is curious, they've enjoyed this conversation, I know they have. I'm going to make sure and get the link to the actual report into the show notes so they can go and check out all the findings, all the fun stuff. We covered some of them today, but there's so much more we couldn't. You would probably all fall asleep listening to it, but the report is really well laid out. There's some some good infographics and stuff in there to make it really consumable and some good things for you to think about taking back to your leadership. That's kind of practical takeaways and stuff too. Or if someone wants to connect or follow LiveSpeak, learn more about what the company's doing, what's the best way to do that, Doug? We'd love folks to go to our website at uh, lifespeak.com. And we also would love you to follow us on LinkedIn. We, we are posting constantly, putting out snippets of our videos, blog work, all sorts of, of great support for HR professionals. Wonderful. I've enjoyed this so much. You're a tremendous guest and I'm excited because you're excited with the research and I, it's the world I live in every day and not everybody gets so pumped up about it, but you've got a really good grasp of this. And I, I just thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Are you sure we can't talk the numbers some more? <laughs> There's always one more number we can throw in. And okay. that is 100% of people don't love numbers <laughs> as much as we do. I'll, okay. I'll thank no, you I, again for having me. Absolutely. It's been a ton of fun. To everybody else out there, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of We're Only Human. You got some good takeaways. I took a ton of notes over here on my end. Some great recommendations and reminders for you really quickly. One out of every two employees, you lined up two of your people in front of you right now. One out of two said that they've thought about leaving a job in the last 18 months because of mental health struggles and challenges and and strain on that front. But 75% of people, three out of four said they would have stick around if their employer served them with these kind of tools we talked about today. So I'd encourage you to dive into the report, dive into the research. If you have questions about it, feel free to ping me, let me know. Love to help you and and, uh, share more more insights there on industry or company size or whatever else we can do there. But thank you all for joining us. Appreciate you. And we'll catch you again next time on We Are Only Human. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit onlyhumanshow.com. 